Hi, this is Dan Sullivan. I'd like to welcome you to the Multiplier Mindset Podcast. Hi, today's game changer transformation story comes from Cody Fowler, who's in the 10 Times program. And he also lives in one of my favorite cities in the United States, which is Tucson, because twice a year, Babs and I, since 1990, have gone to Tucson to the Canyon Ranch Luxury Spa. It's just part of our year. And we do it a lot for the topic that Cody zeroes in on in his video with us. And that is having rituals and having habits that actually every day, every week, every quarter, give you a chance to start fresh again. We have upwards of 40 strategic coach clients now who are approaching 25 years in the program. And in different ways, they all say the same thing about why they come back every quarter. And the reason is that we have rituals in coach. We have a whole thinking process that allows you to make sense of what happened in the previous 90 days. And we put all the emphasis on what your winning achievements were. I said the things that didn't work, we're not interested in those. You can make note of those and improve them in the next 90 days. But what we want to know is everything that worked for you. And this would be in your business life and in your personal life. And Cody talks about actually going out in his garden every morning and having a whole thought process which allows him to put yesterday to rest and then to actually just focus on what's really important for today. Another concept we have in coach, so the main concept for reviewing, making sense of the past, being excited about what you're doing right now, and also looking forward at new, very, very motivating possibilities, opportunities, and projects that you have for the next 90 days. We call this the moving future because time is moving. And a lot of people have a future that is old. They're still working on things that they thought were really important years ago. And they've run out of gas with these projects, but they're still working on them. And therefore, their past keeps getting bigger than their future. So the ritual that Cody's talking about here of always every 24 hours kind of cleaning your screen and making sense of what happened, take credit for all the progress that you've made, which keeps you out of the gap concept. That's another concept in coach. But then to just focus on the day that's available to you with the opportunities that are accessible and to create improvements that can actually be done within a 24-hour period. So this is so crucial for all success. If your past keeps getting bigger and bigger with unresolved issues and with incomplete projects and with things that you're still obligated to, but they no longer have any energy, then you're just going to stop. You're not going to have any future. You're going to stop making progress. So I'm really delighted that Cody focused in on this. I don't remember actually ever talking about this before on the multiplier mindset, but it's a very, very transformative habit that all entrepreneurs can have. Every day allows you to change your game to a higher level of opportunity and improvement. 
My name's Cody Fowler, and I'm from Tucson, Arizona, where I live with my wife and two young children. And I'm in the real estate note business, which is kind of a unknown business to most, a little niche business that has to do with real estate and mortgages. As I think about this routine that I developed over time, and this is going back maybe 18 months or two years, and I just found that going to the same place every morning at the same time got me into a certain mindset and a habit loop to create change in my life and transform and and really create a habit, you know, this daily ritual that provides some clarity and some headspace is not something that most people get when they wake up and we've all heard, you know, the routine is typical. You grab your cell phone, you're connected to that technology and you get on somebody else's agenda because, you know, you open an email, then you start thinking about that and there's never any intention around the day. So for me, going into silence and meditating and priming, I happen to do it in a courtyard where I've got sort of an English garden. You don't need that to do it. You could go anywhere. But I do think that there's some benefit to the consistency and there being that trigger and that routine. So for me, you know, I love and I always have since I was a child. I just, you know, I like to plant grass and flowers and see the growth. So there's a lot of metaphors, I think, between nature and caring for things and promoting that growth and seeing that same growth in your own life. So meditation, I think, means something different for everyone. And for me, I do different kinds of meditation, but it's generally in the morning and it's generally to prime myself and set myself up for the day. And some of it is a yoga breathing exercise where I'm getting some movement and my physiology changes, which also impacts the psychology. So for me, there's a lot of prayer involved and it doesn't have to be any particular, you know, whatever your higher power is, you connect with that. It could be infinite intelligence, God, whatever. But I think that's an important part of the gratitude prayer. So when I think about and I step into moments in my life that I'm really appreciative for, I actually visualize that thought and I think about how I felt and what I saw and that sort of mind sculpting of engaging all the senses is there. So there's a piece of gratitude. And I learned a lot of the priming routine from Tony Robbins and actually went through it in person with him. So I think that the breathing and then the gratitude and then the idea that you're serving something beyond yourself and you can send that energy out to people once you kind of strengthen that within yourself. So Tony guides people to increase what's already great inside them, their love and their compassion and their gratitude and their insights and their intelligence and their courage. And for me, what's interesting about this is I visualize almost like a bar going to full in each of those categories every day. So I'm starting with a full battery every day. So that's the priming piece. Thinking about what I need to get done as well, you know, Tony calls it the three to thrive. And it's really anything that you need to do and you see yourself as accomplishing that. So this is part of the morning routine, the priming, meditation. It could be clearing your mind of all thoughts. And many people will say that's the right way to meditate. I think the right way to meditate is however you get some clarity in your mind and you feel like that's a place where we're all sharing this human experience, right? So there's no judgment, there's no guilt. However it works for you to get some clarity, that's really what this is about, is focus and having intention about the day. I think people have good intentions around habits. You know, FM Alexander said, 
people don't determine their futures. They determine their habits and their habits determine their futures. And I completely agree with that because good intentions are just not enough, right? People will set out and they may even have goals and they may even be clear about their goals. But consistency and longevity towards doing that, it just doesn't happen unless you kind of make something a part of every day. So people may want to have a clean diet. They may want to exercise. They may want to show gratitude towards their spouse or treat their kids a certain way. There's a saying that nothing will change unless your daily behavior changes. And so that's where the morning routine really comes in. And that's how the habit formation comes in. We hear lots of different numbers around how long it takes to develop a habit, whether it's 21 days or 59 days. I think the science says that it depends on who you are and what it is that you're trying to change. For me, I just say, figure out what you want in your life and then build the habits around that. John C. Maxwell, talk about a gentleman that taught him this lesson of looking at your life like it's a movie. So instead of being 80 and looking back at this movie, you say, what do I want this movie to look like? What's the plot? Who's the main character? You are. Who's the supporting cast? It's the people around you. And then you say, what does that character need to be like? Who are they? And then am I that person? How do I become that person? And then how do I live that life? To me, bringing it back to the garden, you don't just have this thought as you're at your computer typing away at emails in the middle of the day trying to just keep afloat. So these are the types of thoughts that I think you can have in nature or in meditation. I really love that because I like to think of myself as who is this main character and the supporting cast and what is this movie that I want to live and then I do it. So it's kind of like you don't do and then be. You see it as you want it, then you become that person and then you do it. So, you know, like Dan Sullivan says, a lot of people are just getting ready to get ready to get ready. And then the opportunity passes them by. You know, Seth Godin once said, you have to be able to say to yourself and be comfortable saying, this may not work out. I just learned this in the last few months, and I can't tell you how many times I think about that. And it helps me move past the fear and know that the failure is just part of the process, right? I mean, there's a million different ways that people have heard of this. But for me, the way that being in nature and gardening applies here is I care for a lot of plants and I I try to grow different shrubs and trees. And no matter how much I care for or give energy to certain things, some things just won't work out. Some things I'm going to lose them. They will die. They won't work out. And so I try to focus on what is thriving and I keep trying and I keep growing. So the idea that failure and loss and how you can think of that in the garden, it's very applicable to life. I think Dan also says, you know, if what you do throughout your life is to focus on your weaknesses, you'll just have a lot of strong weaknesses. Gary Vaynerchuk will say, triple down on your strengths. And I totally agree with that. So focus on what's thriving. And then the other piece of that is just know that, you know, Sally Hogshead says, you know, I'm trying to be more of who I am at my best. And certain plants and trees, you know, trees in particular, they're deciduous. So certain times a year, they'll lose their leaves. And they may not look their best at all times. And that's okay. And we have to realize that that's life as well, is have some self-forgiveness and realize that sometimes I am just going to shine. I'm going to bring my A game. And then other times I may not. And that's just part of life. So I think realizing, and I think about that as I look at the different seasons of the year and some plants lose their leaves and then they come back and they blossom and seeing those seedlings of growth. That's the other piece here. 
is just phenomenal. I mean, I really like to pay attention to that and I think about that and, and I apply it to my life. But that's the, the other piece as far as the growth and making deposits into your relationships as Joe Polish and Dan Sullivan talk about in their 10X talk. I think that podcast really had an impact on me because it's true. If you are just focused on making withdrawals, you will bankrupt your relationships. So I think about that in my relationships. How am I making deposits? How am I caring for things? You know, with plants, they need potassium and they need phosphorus and you need to fertilize them. And that's where the growth happens is by making those deposits. So yet a, another kind of metaphor for why gardening would transform your life. So again, there's a growing season and depending on where you live and what sort of climate, it could be a long growing season or a short growing season, but there's a growing season. And there is a season where things contract. In Arizona, where I'm from, they may burn from the heat. There are different seasons of the year. And I think that's a great way to think about your life, a great way to think about your business. You know, where are you at in the life cycle? Where's your business at in the life cycle? So just as a plant is gonna, in the spring and often in the autumn, look its best and it's gonna grow and during that growing season, there are gonna be other times where not much is happening or there's contraction. You know, some plants freeze, you have to cut them back and then they grow again. Business is like that. I mean, I can tell you personally, this is one area of my life where I've always wanted things to grow faster and bigger and multiply. And, you know, that's one of the things that Dan Sullivan's also taught me is to avoid going into that gap and really look backwards and measure success. But just know that that's just the normal part of a business is a normal part of a life. You know, in the 21st century, the ability to pay attention and have focus and avoid distraction is probably one of the best skill sets you could possibly develop. And so I actually have on my lifetime goals to develop the attentional capability of a Buddhist monk. And some people will kind of snicker at that. But the truth is, when you can focus and you can appreciate in that moment, a lot of transformation happens. In your relationships, it happens. In your ability to keep a great conversation with somebody to show that you're listening. So how that happens in the garden is I'm there in a place where it's uncluttered, there's no interruptions, and you can go anywhere into silence and accomplish the same, but focusing on your thinking, thinking about what you're thinking about and doing that on a daily basis. So I think that with the attention, the other piece is just enjoying that moment. So Eckhart Tolle, you know, certainly has talked about this, certainly with Oprah Winfrey, she really loved the idea that in this moment, if you're doing your very best in this moment, and that's all you do with every moment, the next moment comes, you're doing your very best. You're never worried about or having anxiety about the future. So certainly this is not a new concept of being in the moment, but when it was framed up that way, I thought that was great. The other interesting way to think about this was it was described as 70% of a person's life by some studies show that they're in a state of stress and they're stressed about some reality that has not yet occurred. Some people would call that low-grade insanity, to be worried about something that's not reality. So when I thought about that, that kind of hit me right between the eyes and I thought, okay, it's easy to be caught up and anxious about something in the future. And given that 95% of things that you worry about don't ever even happen, why would you go around with this kind of socially acceptable level of insanity being fearful about something that's not going to happen? It's easier said than done, but I think when you hear it in that context, you begin to think, am I, whether I'm brushing my teeth or taking a shower or gardening, 
watering the plants, planting, you know, whatever you're doing, do that, right? When you're on, you're on. When you're off, you're off. And I'll tell you, I apply this in my own life at bedtime, which is probably one of my favorite times of the day for my kids. Reading them a bedtime story, sharing the nightly nuggets that I share with them. I can't be reading a book and be thinking about some transaction and be there and enjoy that moment. That takes time and it takes discipline. This is part of routine and reminding yourself. So I really think, again, bringing this back to attention, that's where it's at. And that's a happy life when you can enjoy that moment, brushing your teeth or whatever you're doing. So patience is another struggle. I mean, some people are just more patient than others. I think it's very applicable to this conversation because a lot of entrepreneurs, they are impatient, right? I love Dan's saying about there are no unreasonable goals, they're just unreasonable deadlines. And unfortunately, we as entrepreneurs oftentimes put unreasonable deadlines on things and then we get discouraged when it doesn't happen fast enough. So, you know, this again is just daily practice. It's like a muscle, just like focuses, just like courage is. And I think the more that you practice it, the better you get at it. So realizing in that moment when you are being impatient, I think is the first step. But how I do that in terms of being in the garden and understanding that the plants are growing slowly is I love the analogy, you know, every great oak was once an acorn. Everything large was once small and it happened over a period of time. And the lifetime extender that Dan Sullivan talks about is a great concept to think about what am I doing today and is that activity or initiative that I'm working towards something that I'm going to be as or more excited about 25 years from now and saying, as long as I'm moving towards that incremental progression towards that goal, this kind of Earl Nightingale stuff, that's what happiness is, is progression towards a goal. So being happy with that and being happy just to be happy, not because of something. I think that's a great quote that Abe Lincoln said, you know, he thinks that people are about as happy as they make their mind up to be. So being patient and saying, these are the circumstances, and this goes back to this moment right now. What do I have in my life? And it also ties back to gratitude. So you can see all of these topics in the garden, I think are interrelated. And all it is, is just about figuring out what you want and being happy. Because I think that at the end of the day, you can ask somebody, what do you want? And it's going to take another five layers deep to really come to they want to be happy. It's a shared human experience, right? They may want a house of this size and this place, and they may want this in their bank account, and they may want this type of relationship. It's all about how they feel and their happiness. And I think that that's the other piece is the clarity. You don't figure those things out by just being surface level about it. And that's where going into the silence and being in nature, and for me, gardening, that's where I ask those questions is what do I want? Who do I need to be? to get that. What do I need to do? Who do I need in my life? I love the saying, you know, smart people have great answers. Brilliant people have great questions because that's really where you start to uncover the solutions because you can't ask your brain a question and have it not work on it, right? I mean, that's really where you're getting into the subconscious as well. And that's what we're doing here is kind of hacking into the brain. You know, Swami Rana says the mind has a mind of its own, and it can be unruly. And the only way to tap into that is the best way, I would say, is through meditation. You get in there and you break a very powerful pattern that oftentimes you don't even know exists. 
if you don't feel like you are capable of something, and Dan talks about the four C's in a very productive way, but you build this confidence by having a capability and they are interrelated, they feed on each other. So for me, when I go out into the garden and I'm cleaning up, it could be after a big storm, which requires, you know, and in our lives we have storms as well. And then there's even more to clean up, as you can imagine. You know, the leaves are blowing around, there's stuff to clean up and so on. So as I do that every morning, I am actually in the moment thinking that I am cleaning up a mess and that I'm capable of cleaning up other messes in life. And that builds confidence, real confidence. You know, something I learned from the founder of Headspace, Andy, he talks about contrived confidence and how, you know, there's nothing wrong with stepping into a state, a peak state of confidence. I think that's fantastic. But confidence also comes from, and Jim Rohn talked about this a lot in his day, is real confidence comes from not neglecting the daily habits. So as you're cleaning up those messes, the habit and the ability to clean up the mess builds this confidence that you can handle anything. And so when you go in with that mindset, you are more likely to take bets, you know, bold bets, as Jeff Bezos would say. You know, I mean, that's how he grew Amazon, right? Is he didn't fear experimenting. A lot of things that you've never heard about failed at Amazon. A lot of things like Amazon Prime did fantastic, right? They took bold bets and they weren't fearful about it. I mean, Jack Canfield talks about this with if you were at a poker table and you had a lot of chips, think of that as a lot of confidence, right? You're going to play in a certain way. You're going to be on the offense, not on the defense, which, you know, T. Harv Ecker talks about playing on the offense. If all you wanted to do was pay your bills that month, that's probably what you're going to do right? You're going to make enough to pay the bills. So I think going back to the poker table, when you have a lot of chips, when you have a lot of confidence, you make a lot of those bold bets and you come out on top. But if you're going to set yourself up for success, you need to have some accountability. You need this framework. You need this routine. And for me coming to Toronto to 10X and being with Dan and a lot of other accomplished entrepreneurs, I'm in an environment where people are thinking bigger than me, and that's really where you want to be, right? Is in a room full of people that are pulling you up. I think it was Kathy Ireland that said you want to be around engines, not anchors. So people that are propelling you forward, not dragging you down. And that's what you get in coaches. You get a lot of engines. Also, I think that there's something beneficial about sharing your goals and sort of the public announcement of that. Because I'll tell you what, if you're 30 days out from coming to coach and you said, oh, I was talking about doing this and that, and boy, I haven't even started that, you start doing it <laughs> and you do it rapidly. So that's an interesting piece of being held accountable and publicly announcing what you're going to do because people hate embarrassment. <laughs> so if nothing else, avoiding the embarrassment and doing things, whatever it takes to get you to do it, you know, you come and then you think and then you build as my mentor, Christy, in the program told me. You're going to build the track that you're going to run on for the next 90 days. And I love that visual. I mean, sometimes that's just what you need. The context of something is very meaningful. A lot of people are focused on content. Context, and Joe Polish, actually, I think was the first one I heard this from, is you can hear things 10 different ways. You need to hear it once where it actually resonates with you. So building that track is what I do. So a lot of people ask me how I develop really good new habits. It's actually not about today. The habit I will start today is not actually geared to today. It's actually geared to who I want to be sometime in the future. 
I regularly will look a quarter down the road. I'll look down a year. And in some cases, I'll look down the road 25 years, which is a major planning structure inside Strategic Coach. And I say, what habits would I want to start today that I would still be doing 25 years from now? Interestingly enough, almost all the first ones that you form when you ask yourself this question are health habits. They're fitness and health habits and their relationship habits. Okay, how you are with other people. Literally, in the last 25 years, I've formed easily dozens and dozens of daily things that I do today that I saw in the future 25 years ago, 10 years ago. And I said, I have to have this habit if 25 years from now, I'm going to be even more creative, more productive, and especially more happy. And the happiness as you get older is really a function of how healthy you are. So I would say, don't try to form a habit based on yesterday. Don't form a habit on just what seems important today. Go into the future and say, the person I would like to be, let's use one year, the person I would like to be one year from now, what habit, one main habit, would that person have a year from now that the who I am today doesn't really have that habit, but it'd be worth doing every day so I could be the person that would really please me and I would be a much more successful person a year from now. That's my main advice for forming good habits. So to reinforce what kind of habits that you want to form, these are transformative game changer habits, like the one that Cody talked about, go to gapandgain.coach.